It's the fourth straight time, Jessica Wetzler, that we are taping a Valley Polity podcast. How do you feel about that? It feels more normal the more we do it. You know, I'm thinking before it used to be we've done two at this time. Now we've done four. And that's a good thing. And 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 now we're going to break your hearts uh, right after we say that is we will be off uh, next week because uh, I will be off uh, next week. Uh, but we will, we will return on February, whatever the end of that week is. We'll return in February. Yes, the the, the first Friday of February, we'll be back with another episode of Valley Polity. But but Jessica, uh, who is our uh, well, you know, county, you name it, the state, you name it, reporter here at the Daily News Record, joins us again. Uh, and where do we we left off with the uh, the the pro? I mean, you pro gun rally, pro Second Amendment rally at Lobby Day on uh, Monday down in Richmond. Despite a lot of uh, reported fears, uh, it turned out to be a, well, I mean, very, very, very peaceful rally. It was uh, a rally for the Second Amendment that kind of showcased all the good things about the First Amendment. Uh, Jessica, you know, the the state police or Capitol Police estimated the crowd at 22,000. Of course, even attendance these days is somehow a political thing. So people are saying it was more. Some people are saying it was less. And you know which side they're on when they claim it's more or less. Uh, but you know, over a, over a hundred from the Shenandoah Valley went down. You were out there Monday morning at 4 a.m. in the Walmart Burgess Walmart parking lot to to interview those who were heading off. Some thoughts uh, on what transpired out there. Yeah, so going into Monday morning when we were out there, it was 20 degrees, and we were all hanging out in the, this Walmart. You know, everything was pretty quiet then. You know, we were just kind of just waiting for the buses to show up. There was uh, two buses that were carrying people from Shano Valley. It started from Woodstock, went to Newmarket, ended in Harrisonburg. They sold uh, 161 tickets. So we're not quite sure if all those people who bought tickets came or not. But by the time the buses left, they were pretty full. And the thoughts were from the people that I spoke with, you know, they were most of them had never been to the sloppy day before, but they felt like, you know, it was more now more than ever that they had to come down and say their piece on this and, you know, just support their Second Amendment rights and what they have. So everyone I spoke with were very peaceful and kind, and, you know, they all had a very similar message that they just, they were afraid their rights were being infringed, so they wanted to express that, so... They gathered in Richmond, and a lot of legislators, even Delegate Tony Wilt, said it was the largest gathering he had ever seen. You know, you could see pictures outside people's offices on the Pocahontas building of just this crowd of people. And, you know, everyone's just hanging out, talking with other people who were there. There was people from out of state. So it wasn't just Virginians out there. It was all over. And But, you know, there's only one arrest out of the whole thousands of people, which, you know, it, it goes to show, like, they said they were going to be very peaceful, and that's exactly what they did. And and despite uh, this mass outpouring of, uh, you know, this groundswell, if you will, of, the, you know, the Second Amendment rally, uh, the House Democrats uh, are, are advancing several gun control bills. Uh, and, uh, you know, which may lead some people to believe like it was off or not. Uh, but, I mean, what's what are some of these bills that the, the House Democrats have kind of pushed through? Yes, yeah, so most of the bills that I'm about to mention just happened a few hour ago, a few hours ago that went through. There was a House Public Safety Committee 
this uh, today, and six uh, or seven bills went forward in their well, majority party lines that went through. Stunning. <laughs> but there was one that Wilt voted in favor for, but it was most Dem- or Republicans did go for. So some of the bills that we're looking at was to make a Class 6 felony for someone to recklessly leave a loaded, unsecured firearm with someone under 18 that could endanger the child's life or limbs. And currently, right now, the age is 14. It's a Class 3 misdemeanor. So that would change that up. There's also the one that our Delegate Wilt was in favor for, favor for was prohibiting someone subject to a permanent protective order from possessing a firearm while the order is in fact. Some other things that we were looking at was requiring people to report their lost or stolen firearms within 24 hours of realizing they're missing, allowing localities to ban the position, ban the possession of carrying of firearms in localities um, where there's reinstating Virginia's repealed law that caps handgun purchases to one a month. We have a red flag bill that came out and the Senate also passed one earlier this week, but it's a little bit different. The Senate's version would allow courts to temporarily ban people from possessing firearms if they are clear signs that they pose a danger to themselves or others. So there's going to be some discussion going forward as to which one they'll consider later on when we get to crossover day in February. There's also one to expand background checks, and that's pretty much lots was happening in the gun world this week. I mean, we started with the rally, but, you know, a lot of legislation just went through by the end of the week. So we're moving forward. N- not to put you on the spot, but, I mean, I tend to do that each time we, we record this pod. Is the red flag one the quote-unquote most controversial? Is that the one people are most worried about? It, it seems when I see a lot of interviews, that seems to be the one because there's, you know, allegedly, and I haven't read the bill, there's no due process involved. Or at least that's been the, the, the major complaint about it is that, you know, there, there's just no due process. Yeah, I mean, there are more concerns with this red flag one than others. I think the one that had the most concerns was the bill about the assault weapons, but that was thrown out very early on. So I think most of the focus is on these background checks, red flag laws, and just figuring out moving forward what, what language to consider. You know, we're having, you know, someone could put out, different types of the same bill but it's figuring out which one they want to go for or which one works and you know with the senate and the house having generally the same but still different bill going forward it's still figuring out you know getting all these questions figured out and just moving figuring out what the next step is with this gun legislation is it the the lack of due process that has most people worried about the red flag laws i mean i think it's just in general anything relating to guns and the Second Amendment is going to cause some concerns and some questions. Well, that seems fair enough. Uh, what else happened this week? I know the, there was a slot machines in restaurants uh, and convenience stores that was introduced on Thursday. You know, what, what's that all about? What else would happen that, uh, you know, that kind of gets lost in the in the two-way shuffle? Yeah, so one that happened yesterday on Thursday was the slot machines in restaurants, and that happened after, from what I've gathered, a three-hour-long conversation about these um, games and skilled games. And, you know, it's kind of been this gray area of, like, what exactly are these things? And a bunch of the senators were dealing with it and discussing it yesterday. There was also a bill that would um, uh, make schools still allowed to censor student media. 
And there was a bill that was put out to add free speech protection to student journalists, but that was killed in the Senate Education Health Committee. Boo. Yes. It's been killed before. You know, we had the same people putting this out and the people we're putting out were former journalists themselves. So they get it. And, you know, people are just limiting. One of the first things I ever wrote in high school, and I went to a, a, a small all-boys Roman Catholic school, so, I mean, it was pretty strict. Uh, and I wrote, what got me hooked on journalism is I wrote this column on how our bathrooms didn't have, uh, the stalls didn't have doors. And that, 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 that bothered me. I, you know, I like a little privacy uh, when I'm in the restroom. And I remember I wrote the column, and it ran uh, and then the next day, or the day after it ran, I was called into the principal's office, and it was a it was a Roman Catholic priest was our principal, and he uh, he read me the riot act overriding this. But the next semester, guess what? There were doors on the stalls, and so it was it was you know I got this double gratification one. Uh, I made an old priest mad with what I wrote, and then two, what I wrote actually got something done, and I think that's. I think that's really kind of important because I wasn't disrespectful in the column. Or the, well, it was a column that had my mugshot on it that I wrote, but I was, you know, I was pretty to the point. And, you know, it was Roman, you know, it was a Roman Catholic high school, so I was, didn't swear or cuss in this column, even though it was a student newspaper. Uh, and But something got done, but I still got read the riot act. <laughs> yeah, you mean... Student journalists nowadays, you know, you're really being watched over like a hawk yeah. in these schools. And I think a few of our local schools don't have—I mean, Harrisburg's got a really good uh, journalism program. I am—I'm not trying to sell anybody else short of other uh, of our four county schools, but I am unaware if any of our four county schools uh, have a journalism program and school newspapers. If you do, email me at jsacco at dnronline.com and let me know that I was wrong. Uh, moving on. Uh, what else did we miss this week? So one of the things that we haven't touched on at all with these past uh, three weeks, four weeks now, is uh, people who are pro-choice, pro-life. So that in the House Courts of Justice Committee, they advanced bills that would repeal a number of state regulations on abortion. And some of those things included a 24-hour waiting period, mandatory ultrasounds, and a requirement to provide certain information to women before they can have an abortion. And all this happened Wednesday on the anniversary of the Roe versus Wade decision. And going into today and later on, in a few hours, we, we have the March for Life that's happening in D.C. So this is something we haven't touched on before, but it always comes up again and again. And it's, this is another example of things that Democrats are being able to get done now when, when they couldn't do it before. Other people agree with it or not. It's something that's happening it'll be going to the floor later on we'll see where it stands there and one that was a little bit more popular was getting rid of lee jackson day in order to add election day as a state holiday so you have the day off for election day if your office allows it yeah if you're a state employee i don't imagine we're gonna have day off for election day because we'll we'll, be working yeah we'll be pulling those 13 14 hour shifts hey what are we looking forward to next week it's going to be busy 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 as always up until everything ends yeah so next week we're going to start on monday with the virginia farm bureau federation legislative day so this will allow farmers or producers from across the state to come and speak with their delegates or senators 
and express concerns and issues. So we do know there's going to be one Rockingham County farmer attending on Monday, and she is planning on meeting with Senators Emmett Hanger and Mark Openshane, as well as the delegates Rob Bell, Todd Gilbert, Chris Runyon, and Tony Wilt, all people who represent her. And, you know, I heard earlier today from Kelly Roberts, Assistant Director of Management Engagement with the Farm Bureau Federation. She said some of the things they're going to be talking about, there are 11 priorities that farmers can pick from to speak on when they meet with their legislators. And they'll have a warm-up session on Sunday night and again on Monday to get them ready and make sure they have a plan going forward. And some of those could be dealing with funding for best management practices to just help improve the water quality. In Virginia. And if you're unaware of uh, what the best management practices or BMPs are, uh, Jessica did a fantastic series on it. I want to say last April, April 28th, April and May. April yes. and May. Uh, so you get on our website, dnronline.com, and you search the archives, and you can find those stories. It was it was about six, five pieces, yes. Five or six stories on that. Uh, hey, now's our favorite time, and we still haven't come up with a theme song yet. I, I, I promise I'm getting there. I'm learning to play the guitar. No, I'm not, but I thought it'd sound like a good segue into Local Guys Recap. What are we looking at? Yes, so, so far we've had a lot of um, Delegate Bell's bills moving forward. He's had the most move forward as of now. What we're looking at for him is um, addressing school bus driver shortages and the administration of asthma inhalers at schools. So if you want a little bit more information on that, we did cover it earlier this week, so you can always check out Daily News Record online and figure out what's happening there. Um, With our other representative, Todd Gilbert, he's only filed one bill for this session, and that's for to celebrate the life of Terry Kibler, a successful entrepreneur and avid horseman who owned several harness racing horses and dedicated years of leadership to the Shenandoah County Fair, who died in 2018. And so the deadline to file bills already passed. So this is going to be the only thing he'll be taking care of this session. And uh, on the other side, we had Delegate Chris Runyon. His bill targeting sexual abuse education for those with disabilities is heading to the full committee on education after it passed subcommittee. That's got to feel good for a, a rookie delegate to, to get, get get that first you know that first bill uh, moving on. That's got to be uh, that's got to feel good for him, especially one that he talked about with you beforehand. That that was one he was really eyeballing. Yes, I mean when he went to speak with um, the subcommittee earlier this week, he had a lot of support. A lot of people spoke in favor of this bill, and he has support from the Ark of Virginia who asked for it to be put out there. So, you know, he has that support he needs, and he's moving forward. He doesn't have too many bills happening, but the first one filed is now the first one that's been made through. So he's getting there. He's moving forward. And then we also are looking at a Delegate Tony Wilt. Uh, one of his bills that we haven't touched on quite yet is adding Timberville to the list of localities with the authority to require the owner of buildings that have been vacant for uh, 12 months or longer to register some buildings on an annual basis and to impose an annual registration fee not to exceed $100. And this is going to be heading to the full committee on counties and cities and towns after it passed a subcommittee earlier this week. So a few of few of his sayings have moved forward in this now week three of the General Assembly. And on our Senate side, things are still pretty quiet. You know, they do have a large amount of bills, both Hanger and Open Chain, but we haven't heard a lot from what's been moving forward in comparison to our delegates here. Final thoughts on, uh, on what's coming up. 
coming up, I mean, we're definitely going to have a large focus with the farmers coming in on Monday. You know, whether what we get out of that, we'll figure that out later. But I think most of these big topic things like the gun legislation, that's, you know, we're moving a lot forward with that. So moving forward, I don't know how much of a focus is still going to be on that. And, you know, we still kind of limbo with these marijuana legislations. We don't haven't heard quite anything at this point. And that was a big topic. And, you know, ERA already got figured out. So we're kind of just looking at what's going to be the next big thing to make the news this week and moving forward. And time is ticking away. Well, Jessica, thank you for joining us, as always, on Valley Polity. Uh, and I looked up the date. We will be returning Friday, February 7th. Uh, so we will have the 31st off. And, uh, hey, thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and uh, Google Play and your whatever your favorite uh, podcast listening device of choices and make sure you're reading Jessica's stuff at the, in the daily news record daily and uh, in print and uh, online at dnronline.com. Jessica, thanks for joining us again. Thank you so much.